0: My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh, and this is
1: Steelers Country. Alright, this is Steelers Country. I'm your host, Tony. Wildcard weekend in the books. The Steelers now know who they will play. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars, a rematch. They got the rematch they wanted. It's the rematch from week five. Um, the last time, I guess you could say it's the last time the Steelers lost a legitimate game in the NFL. Uh, this was the Ben Roethlisberger five interception game. Uh, the Steelers lose that one 30 to 9. That was got to be the low point of the season. Um, you know, it's been interesting to listen to the media throughout the week, especially Steeler media throughout the week. Uh, you know, I think uh, coming into to the playoffs, right? Um, and looking at who the Steelers could play, whether it be Tennessee, uh, Kansas City, or Jacksonville. Now, J- Jacksonville was certainly the obvious choice, right? because they were playing Buffalo, um, they had a home game, right? And I think a lot of people early on in the in the in the week, you know were saying, oh yeah, this this is a good matchup for the Steelers, the rematch, the revenge game, let's do this thing. It's been weird to kind of listen to. This, the Steeler media, as the week has gone on, and everybody kind of second guessing of, oh wait, hold on, maybe this Jaguars team is a bad matchup for the Steelers, and you know this, they don't, the, the offense doesn't match up well with the defense, and the defense hasn't, our defense hasn't been playing so well, and it's just been interesting, you know how this, how we can kind of, um, you know, talk ourselves in circles about a game that, you know, when you look back on it, when you go back and watch the tape, it was a fluky game, right? We said it when it happened, right? Five interceptions for Ben Um that it was a, it was a strange game then. It remains a strange game today, uh, and it's been interesting now to go listen to, you know, the ESPNs and and you know, um, the the NFL podcast where they're you know now all of a sudden the Jaguars are the sexy pick to upset the Steelers or make this game a close game. I'm not saying look, I'm not saying that this game is going to be a blowout, right? But I, I actually think it's more interesting to look at this game from the other perspective. Um, I think it's interesting if you look at this game not from a Steelers fan of like oh how are we going to make sure that. Ben plays well or that we get AB involved or that, you know, we run the ball more than we did last time, right? There's a lot of Steelers stuff we can talk about today. I'm interested in looking at it from the other perspective, right? From looking at it from Jacksonville's perspective. Because if you're a Steelers fan like me who grew up in the 90s, right, who grew up in Steelers football with the Bill Cowher era and Neil O'Donnell is our quarterback and, and then it's Mike Tomczak and, and Cordell Stewart, right? The The style of play of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? If you're a Jacksonville Jaguars going into this week, you're a fan going into this week. You are a 90s Steelers fan. You are watching a team that is trying to hide their quarterback. They're trying to run the football. They're trying to play defense. If you remember back, you know, 1993, 1994, early Bill Coward, with that dominating defense, Rod Woodson, LeVon Kirkland, Greg Lloyd, right? They would get after the quarterback, Carnell Lake. but But behind that, right, they were playing, you know, smash mouth, control the clock, don't turn the ball over don't do anything stupid right you know it was a it was a uh, it was a good game plan and it certainly worked for Cowher in a lot of regular season games but you know when you got into games like this when it was when you were going up against the high powered offense the your thought in the 90s was ooh, we better not get down early right you, you can't go down by 10 points you can't go down by 14 um, that 90 Steelers team, was a very good football team. They won. They won a lot of games, but they struggled in games in which they played high-powered offenses that could get out early. And I remember the stupid, the stupidest losses that they, that team would have is because offensively they just couldn't generate. Right. So when you look at the Jaguars this year, they're saying the same thing. Right. We, we better not let the Steelers get out early to a big ten nothing lead to a big fourteen nothing lead because I don't know how Blake Bortles is coming back from that, right. We better be able to run the football. We better to shorten this game. We need to, you know, uh, we used to say in the 90s that our, our best offense was our defense. Right? defense is our best offense. Punt on first down, right? You look back at what happened in week five of this season. I mean, that was the perfect game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their offense wasn't even on the field. I mean, literally, they, were, they didn't have to punt on first down because we gave them two touchdowns. That game was close early on. It was a, it was a seven to six ball game at halftime. The Steelers come out in the second half. They have a very good drive. The kind of drive that, that against the Jaguars is the most worrying, which is a high-powered offense who's able to just methodically bang, 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 bang all the way down the field. Now we only got a field goal, so it made it a nine to seven football game. But then the Jaguars get the ball back. They they go three and out on a bunch of runs. Give the ball back to the Steelers. Now again, if remember the '90s, remember the '90s Steelers. In this situation, you're now down nine to seven. Your offense is all of a sudden going three and out. They just went on a 14 play drive to score. And you're thinking, "Oh god. If they go down and score here a touchdown, if it's if it's 16 to 7, this football game is over. This football game is over. I don't know how we're going back from 16 to 7." Now that's not what happened, right? Because instead, Ben throws the pick six, Ben throws another pick six. The game just gets out of hand. It's 20 to 7 by the time Blake Bortles even touches the ball. Right? But think about how different even in the crazy game that that last one was. You know, we were a possession away from putting this Jaguars team away. And I think, you know, when you, when you look at this game, it's very easy to say, oh, well, you know, it's going to be tough going up against this defense and it's going to, you know, we have to, we have to play perfectly offensively. Yes, all of those things are true. You can't turn the football over, right? We have to get Le'Veon involved. But think about how, the amount of ways that the Steelers can win this football game, right? Do we have to play perfectly on defense to win this football game? Probably not perfectly. Blake Bortles is, is going to be inaccurate. He's probably going to throw an interception at some point. He's going to give us a freebie, right? Do we have to play perfectly offensively? I don't think they play perfectly offensively. We play good offensively. When you look at the Jaguars, though, they have to play great on offense. They can't turn the ball over, right? They have to put up points. And on defense, they have, again, they have to play perfectly. They cannot allow this team to get going, especially early on. So, you know... Again, I know we all want to talk ourselves into, like, oh, God, this might be close. and this, It might be close. But, again, this is a very different football team than what happened than we saw early in the year. Um, and, and, you know, Bla- uh, back then, Ben Roethlisberger was in the slump of all slumps. Uh, we, Juju was not the factor he was in the offense. Le'Veon, in the passing game, hadn't really gotten going yet. Um, and, and, and Martavis was still—we were still trying to figure out what to do with Martavis. And Vance McDonald in the same way. There's a, there's a lot of things that have changed between now and then. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are still playing that same kind of football, right? Now, their pieces may have changed too. They have Marquise Lee instead of Alan Hearns. But again, they come into this game thinking the exact same thing, which is we're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. We're going to shorten the clock. We're going to keep the Steelers off the field. That's our game plan. And if that doesn't work, there's no plan B for them. Just like in the 90s Steelers. There's no plan B. All right, let's bring Mike and Joe in. Mike, uh, it has been a while since you've been on the podcast. I think you guys haven't been on since, since right before this Jacksonville game. Uh, welcome back.
0: It has been a while. It's good to be back. It's good to see that we went 13-3, and three and now we're into the playoffs. Hopefully another Super Bowl run. So good to be back. Interested to talk about this Jaguars game.
1: Joe, I want to welcome you back to the podcast. I'm actually surprised. Have you watched football since? I think everyone in Steeler Country was worried about you after that, after the Jesse James call overturned. (laughs) Well, it's nice to be back, Tony. Thank you for having me.
2: Uh, Joining you and Mike to talk a little Steeler football, a little Steeler postseason football, a little revenge Steeler football, uh, and, you know top record in the AFC, and arguably, you know, number one seed, as you just alluded to. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, football is a—I'll just I'll just say it like this uh, for people that on the podcast that have never heard me say this. I have been saying this for 20 years, um, and I've probably said it on the, on the podcast at some point or another, but the, the worst thing about football is that the NFL got it, and I think um, anybody that didn't understand what I meant when I said that, started saying that 20 years ago, understands it now. But anyhow, uh, that aside, I am looking forward to uh, the big revenge match with the uh, the Jaguars.
1: Yeah. Uh, so let me let me get you guys take on this game. You know, the like I said, it's it's been a weird week to listen to. You know, it, it starts out it's like, oh yeah, the Steelers are eight point favorites and and they should win this football game. It shouldn't be difficult. But Now it's kind of like as people are starting to to, to look at at these four games, it seems like like. Does it feel to you at all like there's this weird vibes that, oh, the Steelers might actually lose this game. This is, this is The Jaguars might just be a bad matchup for them.
0: I, I am concerned a little bit. Um, before I get to the concern, I would like to say that it's intriguing. I think the matchup is intriguing. The Steelers' offense against the Jaguars' defense. But I'm not too concerned about that because our offense is high-powered now. We are cruising. I said it like, you know, Earlier in the podcast, I was like, "The offense just needs to get it together." Ben's learning these new players and everything, and we see it. Juju is, you know, is a big part of the offense. Martavis is is uh, is, is picking it up also. I mean, we have a lot of weapons, so I'm not worried about the offense. It's going to be intriguing to see him against that defense. And if you're, if you're if you're talking like the best offense against the best defense in the league, well, I know defense wins championships, but the way the league and the rules is set up we're going to score 20 points even if the Jaguars play good defense. So the thing I'm concerned about is everybody's all over Blake Bortles. How bad Blake Bortles sucks. And even Blake said it today. He said something about, um, you know, some people say LeBron sucks. And and so, you know, they're always going to say he sucks. And and people interpreted that as, oh, Blake's comparing himself to LeBron. (laughs) I mean, he kind of did. He kind of did. Well, um, he basically was saying, hey, you know, People think anybody sucks, and they're always going to say it, regardless of what you do. But I'm I'm worried about Blake having a good game because he can have a good game. He's proven it before. The Steelers have proven they allow average to bad quarterbacks have good games. And and I'm still a Blake believer, so I think that uh, you know he'll come out of this funk sooner or later. I hope it's not this week. But even if he has a good game, I think our offense has enough power to score thirty plus points against the Jags defense. So I'm a little concerned, but. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this team and how they're playing, and even our, our defense. Even if Blake plays well, I, I don't see him scoring more than 20 points. So That's why I see it.
1: Joe, you were there with me in Heinz Field uh, to watch the Jaguar steelers Part 1 uh, debacle. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the rematch?
2: Yeah, I know. Send Ben a thank you card for that one. Um, it's perfect timing. Uh, I go to see one game a year if I'm lucky, and, um, and at Heinz Field, and uh, I got to sit through Ben's five interceptions—the worst game of his career. Uh, to answer your question earlier, your little your monologue intro there, Tony. If uh, if I were a Jaguars fan, you know what would I think the strategy would be? How do the Jaguars, from their perspective, how do they win this game? What's their what's their strategy? I think, um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm all about the revenge match. I, I, I don't buy into the, to this crap that, you know, the, the Jaguars might upset the Steelers, um, or it's just this matchup thing. Um, I, I think this, I think you have a, you have a quarterback that, um, is probably headed to the hall of fame. You have a quarterback who had the worst game of his career, um, in, in uh, in against the Jaguars, um, uh, and, uh, and I think your strategy, if you're a Jaguars coach, if you're a Jaguars defense, if you want to win this game and you're a Jaguar anybody, uh, your strategy should be we need five interceptions because I'll tell you what, four interceptions, I don't think they would have won that game uh, uh, back in week four or whatever that was um, because the, the game was not out of hand uh, until the fifth interception. Um, so, uh, uh, and I, I, I mean, that sounds funny. But I I do think that short of Ben's Ben's worst or second worst performance of his career, uh, the Jaguars have no chance of winning this game in Heinz Field. Uh, now in the postseason, uh, now uh, you could say, well, you know what? So what about this matchup? I want to address that. Maybe the maybe the Steelers' offense just doesn't match up against the Jaguars' defense, and maybe that's why you know what happened happened. Ben threw five interceptions. That's not a matchup problem, okay? Ben wasn't, like, on fire weeks one, two, and three. We were looking at Ben. Remember, Chicago happened, okay? Um, uh, you know, the, the Steelers lost three games this year. Uh, one was to the Jaguars. One was to the Bears. Um, and, and and so, you know, we're, we're looking at Ben, and you'll remember, I think it was the Chicago game where Antonio Brown, you know, through the, through the cooler or whatever uh, out of frustration because he was wide open for a touchdown. And the thing is, yeah, everybody noticed that, but Ben was missing wide open receivers all over the place. And the ones we're noticing, fine, but Antonio was probably open in every game like that and Ben wasn't finding him. Uh, ben was not seeing the field. We were saying it. Everybody was saying it. Maybe maybe Ben can't play football anymore. Maybe he can't play quarterback anymore because he can't. He's not going through the reads. He's not seeing anybody. Um, well, that's changed. Um, that that you know that that you know whatever whatever funk Ben was in, he's out of it. Okay, so unless he drops back into it, the Jags didn't cause it because I just laid that out. He was in the funk before the Jags game. He was in the funk after the Jags game. Um, he's since. Come out of it, and that's how the Steelers won all these games. Um, so, so if the Jags, you know, if the if the Jags are, are are looking to win this game, they're looking at Ben throwing five picks. That's not happening. So, unless we have one of them throwbacks to that Cleveland game where you know we had the round robin uh, running backs who fumble the football every time they touch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where Tomlin infamously says, I'm benching you if you fumble, and he actually ran out of guys. Ran out of game, and he had to And he had to go back to the first guy who fumbled, and I think he fumbled again. Uh, so unless it's going to be a dumbass game like that, um, I, the Jaguars are not winning this
1: game. Well, it's interesting uh, you put it that way because, you know, when you go back and look at, just look at the way the Steelers have lost their three football games, right? It really has been either complete self-destruction, right? The, the Chicago game with the, the first mu- the first punt muffed, then Ben with the with the sack fumble. Then we, we get the kick, the field goal blocked, right? Uh, and then you, know, you end it with uh, two long runs in overtime where it's like, what, what the hell is going on in this game? Uh, that's how they lose to Chicago. That's pretty much the only way you can lose to Chicago. And then the Jacksonville game, yeah. I mean, like you said, it was a complete implosion by Ben Roethlisberger. Five interceptions in the second half, or four in the second half, one one in the first half. Uh, and then you know the Patriots game where <laughs> that was a uh, loss with quotations around it. Loss. Um, you know it, it. It this team? It's almost like this team either wins or they beat themselves in a lot of ways. Uh, what do you think, Mike? I think i got to defend Ben again one
0: more time. <laughs> I defended him back in week four. And just let me say this. The offense wasn't in sync early in the season. And to, you could blame it on the Hall of Fame quarterback. You just said he's going to the Hall of Fame. Or can you blame it on just the offense and here's a guy coming back from one year suspension. Here's a rookie named Juju. Here's Eli Rogers who's like first or second year guy. and. Yeah. It just went in sync. I mean, we can't blame it all on Ben. And, and those, I, I'll just say this. Here's the five interceptions. Fluke, 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 fluke. <laughs> I, I don't mean, think it was. I, I know, you know, Ben may, had some, a couple of bad throws in there, but the tip and all this, it ain't going to happen again. That's not going to happen. And so, I mean, unless the Jags defense is, is as good as or even better than people are saying, um, and they actually shut us down and we can only get like nine points, I don't see it I don't see it happening. I think that we're gonna just overcome.
1: I was trying to go back I was trying to go back earlier today when I was when I was uh, doing research for the for the opener here or for, the, for my opening on this podcast and, and looking at ninety Steelers teams and, and the teams that they played in the playoffs, right? Did they play an offense like this? Right? Did they play an offense like we have, essentially? Right now, you know, you go back to nineteen ninety two or nineteen ninety the 1993 when we lost to, to Buffalo right um, that, that offense was really good that offense was really really good but that that team was probably a year away anyway from ending 93 94 we lose to the Chargers on just the world's dumbest play Tim McHire's, uh flat tire uh, 95 obviously we lose to the to the Cowboys that was a very high powered offense and again that was the kind of game you know, if you're looking at the kind of game that we could watch on uh, on Sunday right? That game, the Cowboys get out to a big lead in that game. Then the Steelers start to get some momentum back. Then Neil O'Donnell throws an interception, and the Cowboys score. Then Neil O'Donnell throws another interception, and the Cowboys put the game away, right? You know, again, that Steelers team in the 90s didn't have a lot of options on how to win football games. You know, Neil O'Donnell has the least interceptions of any quarterback thrown, right? Not because he was a great quarterback, because the Steelers said, don't take risks. Do not take risks, Um and then you look at, uh, what was it, 96, or I think we lost to the Patriots that year maybe, and then 97, we lost to John Elway and, and the the Broncos offense. I mean, that was a game where, again, the game just kind of got out of hand early, and you know, Cordell and crew weren't coming back. Even if you go to 2001, when we had Cordell at quarterback, it was the AFC Championship game against Tom Brady. The first game in the playoffs we had against Tom Brady. I remember, Brady gets hurt in that game, uh, Drew Bledsoe has to come in, but the Steelers get down in that game by multiple touchdowns because... They have a, a blocked field goal for a touchdown, right? And then you need Cordell to come back from a big lead. Um, you no, know, it feels like all the Steelers in this game. It's it's not so much that they're they're playing against the Jaguars in this game, right? I mean, it's if you jump out to an early lead, the game is over. Just like it was when we watched this team in the nineties. It should
0: be. Don't talk about that Patriots game. I apologize. 2001. Yeah, I apologize. Nightmares, nightmares. Still an illegal lateral, in my opinion, on the field goal return. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, yeah, if the Steelers come out and, you know, just roll on offense and get a 14-point lead, it should be over. Because our defense is playing really well. And if you get them in, you know, one-dimensional, and especially if it's Blake throwing – um,
1: it, it should it should uh, uh, just it could snowball right into our hands yeah I mean it, 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 this is this is the kind of game that snowballs right because you know the, for all the things that the Jaguars want to do which is make us one dimensional right and get us you know we take away the run and get us thrown and get us in the same kind of uh, thing that happened in the first game right you know by the same token you know we take away Fournette right we put the game in like Bortles hands um, and you know we play our cards from there I mean I think you know, if it's, if it's Ben Roethlisberger versus Blake Bortles. And the other thing I think about this game where it's just, you know, and you look at this on like the macro level where it's like this team is 13-3. and three. They've beaten everybody other than the two games where the craziest shit happens. And then in the third game they lost, the NFL decided they were going to uh, For that team to have the season that they've had. And then their loss, their, the, the way that they go out is one and done. To, the, to play Bortles and the back single, doesn't seem, doesn't feel right for that to
2: be there. well so the only actual legitimate concern that I have from the first Jaguars game was that they were able to and, and Chicago was able to do the same thing early in the season a lot of teams were running on the Steelers yeah uh, and and uh, it, yeah it was, it was pretty bad but we haven't seen that in a while um you know, I mean, I still think the run defense is a little soft, but it's but it's kind of it's been corrected for the most part since then. But that would be one thing that that would really piss me off is if they can they can run the ball three times and continuously or consistently convert first downs. That's going to piss me off.
1: Yeah, I mean that that is you know that would be their recipe for success, right? Is if when going off. And they're getting, you know, they're going, they're going on ten play drives. They're keeping our offense off the field, and they're getting out to a lead. And our offense starts to press, right? But that's what happened. I mean, that's kind of what happened in the first game. They went up seven to three. We came out in the second half, we we're like, we need to, we need to shut this thing down. I mean, we went on a long drive passing, but then, then Ben started throwing the interceptions, and ugh, it was over from there. Uh, no, I agree with you, and I think, I think as far as the run defense goes, you know, I, I don't know if it's gotten. Better so much as teams have been trying to attack us through the air with Aiden being out um, and having success doing that, right? I mean, we've had a lot of uh, problems with with Aiden going down and then just communication issues in the secondary. A lot, a lot of big plays have this given up uh, recently. Well, I mean, I should say, well, really, in the second half of the year, right? From Indianapolis on, this this defense has been less of a you can you can pound the rock and and, le- and more you can just bombs away us. Um, that's been an issue. Although with Hayden back, hopefully that stuff can, can slow down. And, and uh, Artie Burns sat out practice today. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. Also, Stefan Tewitt sat out practice today. They both say they're going to play this game. Or they're hopeful they're going to play this game. Artie going down, I'm not so worried about Because I think Cam Sutton will be fine. And again, I don't think Blake Bortles is going to pick us apart. But Tewitt going down is it would be bad. And, and Hargrave is also down with a back injury today. Um, so... You know, going up against Leonard Fournette and a team that wants to run the football with two of your defensive linemen out would be, um, I guess, a challenge. <laughs> not, 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 ideal. And then, of course, you know, we're we're still dealing with. I think the other thing about this defense that you know we have to talk about is, is the Ryan Shazier injury, uh, and and what they've been trying to do to to replace Shazier. Uh, you know, because he's such a unique player. I mean, he was the signal caller. He was the captain of the defense. Uh, but then, he, you know, his athleticism in the middle allowed other uh, players to, you know, to do more things or to do less things, I should say, but because he was able to cover the middle of the field himself, uh, you know, kind of freed up guys like uh, Vince Williams or it freed up the middle of the field with, with Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis. And I think one of the things that you've really seen since uh, Sean Davis, or excuse me, since Ryan Shazier went down. Is the play of the set of the the safeties go down, especially in the middle of the field? Teams have been attacking us there. You know, Spence not going to cut it. LJ or LT Forts not going to cut it. Um, you know, there's there's definitely been some issues defensively second half of the season. That's a good point.
0: We definitely missed Shazier, and and against the Jaguars' running game, that could be a problem. I mean, if they start running up the middle and we just can't stop it, and they're holding the ball for five, six, seven minutes, that could be a problem. And even just like you said, throwing over the middle, if they find their tight end and we have trouble. I mean, I still don't understand why we couldn't cover Gronk. Now I I don't, I don't think that we need to, I'm not going to argue that if he fights you for the ball and he wins it, sure. Or you can't get around him. But the guy was like wide open. He's like two and three steps you know, we're trying to cover him one on one. He's two and three steps beyond the guys, unless he's just pushing them out of the way, and he's gaining those steps. So I just don't understand why they couldn't keep up with him. So I, I think that's a concern. I mean, obviously, you miss Shazier's speed in the middle.
1: Yeah, I think I think the Gronk thing specifically was, um, you know, they were trying to. The, the, the Patriots did a good job in the second half of getting him matched up on Sean Davis, and that was just a that was a mismatch. In the second half, the Steelers really didn't have an answer for it in that game. Remember, that was the first time we played. True bump and press, man to man,
0: but should it be a mismatch? I mean, well, all we're doing, press. all I would be doing is saying, Sean, just just keep up with him, just yeah. you know, and, make him make him catch around you. And he wasn't; he was like two yards off of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gronk I is understand. a little, Gronk is a Gronk is a freak, uh, no doubt about that, athletically. And um, does he have speed? He doesn't look like he has speed, but maybe he does. He was he, he was getting away from from our our secondary. The entire second half. Well, I mean not really the entire second half, right? I mean a lot of what happened with, with Gronk in that game, you know, people remember the last drive, right? Where he caught I mean he caught every single pass, I'm mean. right.
0: But he was wide open by like two and three steps. That's my problem.
1: Yeah. No Just no, stay right. with him. Right. Well I think I think if you if you look at what what the challenges are gonna be for the, the rematch, um, you know, point one, it's can you can you continue to play the press man that you were playing while also trying to double-team Gronk, right? Or do things get screwed up there? Um, I think think Butler and company were kind of worried if they... Okay, if we double-team Gronk, we're going to leave open the potential that they're going to beat us in one play with someone like Cooks or Philip Dorsett or or one of their speedier receivers. Um, But they didn't go to that. Obviously, that was wrong because Gronk just killed us the entire drive um, in chunks rather than the big chunk, but... Uh, uh, no, I know. I agree with you. I think it's. I think in the rematch, you have to fix that, right? Because they're going to go to Gronk. They're going to go to Gronk early. They're going to go to Gronk often. If we if we don't have, you know, if, we're, if the if the the plan the rematch is, hey Davis, you, you have to play better against Gronk, I mean, we lose. But I, I I I I would be very surprised if that were the game. In the rematch, should there be a rematch, there will be. A rematch.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't mean to get a sidetrack. So, the, do the Jags have? I mean, here do they have? Mercedes Lewis? Do they have anyone else in the middle that we need to be concerned about?
1: I mean, they're You know, look. Their their passing game is um, somewhat non-existent, right? It's been a lot of Marquise Lee. They have this new rookie, uh, D. D. Westbrook. Um, yeah, I mean, they have they have Mercedes. Lewis. Do they still have Mercedes Lewis? No, it's a different guy now. I think it's. Uh, I don't even know who their tight end is. I'm gonna have to look it up. I don't think it's Mar- Maybe Mercedes. Maybe it's
0: not. Maybe it is Mercedes. They have a receiver named Cole. Yeah. I, if I if I if I got it right,
1: it's only because I did a. Um whatever
0: a fantasy team last week
1: yeah it is no it is no you're right it is Mercedes Lewis yeah and then oh Keelan Cole is another I mean they have speedy receivers They you know look they will throw deep on us no no doubt about that they're going to test guys like Joe Hayden Mike Mitchell Sean Davis uh Artie Burns or Cam Sutton whoever it is you know look we're going to go back I would I would imagine this game we're not going to play any kind of press man right we're going to go back to our our strong suit cover two cover three but if there are people, if you know, if they're not communicating back there and they're leaving guys wide open, uh, that's going to be a problem because the, the, pay, or the, uh, the Jaguars are capable of, of big plays. Um, you know, our, our hope would have to be that Blake uh, is inaccurate, which, you know, again, if you look back at the first game, uh, Blake Bortles, I believe in that game, completed nine passes, eight passes, Ooh, I was close, completed eight passes for 95 yards. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's shouldn't be an issue. shouldn't be an issue. I do want to bring up the weather as well because this is the – I don't know if you guys noticed this. This is the second year in a row we're facing uh, a Florida team in a revenge game in our first playoff game, the home game for us. And the weather – so you would think the football gods – okay, football gods, it's January in Pittsburgh. We have a Florida team coming into town. The revenge game, we lost the first game. Could you give us some football weather? And both years they've said, absolutely – how do you like low teens with a with, with single-digit wind chills? How does that sound? Perfect.
0: That's cold. Is it going
1: to snow? No snow, though. No snow. It'll, it actually, that, actually, the sun will be out this year. Last year, I don't think the sun was out too much. It was pretty cloudy that day. This year, it might be a little more sun. But, you know, Blake Bortles went to college at UCF. Now plays in Jacksonville. I was trying to look up this year what the coldest game Jacksonville played. I don't think they played any cold-weather game at all. Um, but it'll be interesting because yeah, know, they are, they're not going to be ready for that. You know, but they're but they are a you know they're a uh, they're 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 a big hitting defense, right? They're they're a smash mouth defense. Smash mouth defense is you know cold weather is their game, so it's interesting. It's, it's,
0: the, that is one thing I kind of glossed over it was uh, their defensive line and getting pressure on Ben before our plays have a chance to develop. Is their yeah. concern there?
1: Yeah. Last time we used Le'Veon as a blocker a lot and didn't give, him, didn't give him as a release valve. And Ben didn't have, you know, that kind of easy check down. That's on true. It'll be interesting to see how the Steelers um, design this game.
0: That's a big play. That's a big point. Checking down, that helps out so much.
1: I think that's really been what, what turned this season around for Ben. Was when he stopped trying to, you know, force the ball down the field. Remember Ben early on, you know, we had this dream of being the big chunks offense. Um, and I think since then we've kind of calmed. I mean, we're still, you know, we're still capable of the big jumps. Don't get me wrong; had our fair share of big plays this year. But I think the turning point for the offense was when we started to check the ball down to Le'Veon uh, more, and uh, you know, kind of went with that that same style of offense that we've had for you know, however long Le'Veon's been on the team of just kind of like work the ball through Le'Veon, whether it's run or pass. I don't know, Joe. What what do you think about the the idea in this game that the Steelers? You know, there's been so much built up in this game about you know, Ben's getting his revenge and this is the five interception game and he can, you know, he can redeem himself. It almost feels like the Steelers are going to come out and just run the football, you know, with Le'Veon and kind of pound the rock that way. Because, you know, for an offense in Jacksonville that wants to go on long 7-10 play drives or 14 play drives with 7 to 10 minutes, if the Steelers do that to the Jaguars, I mean, it has the same effect on them, right? You give their, their crappy offense less possessions and it puts more pressure on them.
2: Well, yeah, I mean that's a formula that works. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter that you can throw the ball. I mean, if you can if you can run the ball, and hold the ball for ten or fifteen plays early in the game, you'd rather score that way than than score in one play. Um, I, you know, I mean, I talk about uh, I talk about it being a revenge game, and you know, uh, this I, I never really think of it in terms of Ben can redeem himself. I, I don't think in terms of it that way. Uh ben Ben needed to turn his season around, and he did. and you know, Mike made a good point earlier that maybe, you know, and it, and it probably was a combination of I, I you know it probably was a combination of the of the young receivers and all that, but you know um I, i'm I'm almost as big a fan as Ben as Mike is, but um uh, I'll just remind I'll remind Mike that um there were a lot of Blocked passes too, um, you know. So I know the maybe the receivers weren't where they were supposed to be. Um, maybe there were some balls that should have been caught that were tipped up and intercepted or whatever. But there were also balls that never made it past the line of scrimmage because um, of bad throwing lanes and, and that. And you know that's on the quarterback. Uh, so in any case, um, I don't think I I don't think of this game in terms of, oh, Ben can redeem himself against the Jaguars' defense. I don't think the Jaguars' defense did anything to Ben. I think the Steelers' offense, like Mike said, it was in a funk. Um, and, you know, it had to do with new receivers, and it had to do, you know, with, with whatever. But part of it was, I th- I still say, Ben not reading the field the way he, he used to um, and the way he is now, and him struggling a little bit. Um, he stopped struggling a long time ago. So there's nothing to redeem in this game. It's just, you know, give us more of the same and that'll be fine. So whether they run the ball, you know, for 15 plays or whether they, you know, they, they, they run the ball half the time and throw the ball half the time, it don't make any difference to me. Um, I, I I I don't really give the Jaguars much of a chance in this game. I I, I don't. And, and, you know, uh, it's no secret on this podcast that I'm a – I'm a
1: Bortles fan.
2: <clears throat> you are Blake
1: Bortles fanboy. Yeah, I know. Are you? Have you decided? If, are you wearing uh, your your Ben jersey on Sunday? or Are you wearing your Bortles jersey?
2: He went to high school. I don't own a, a five jersey. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I don't own a five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I
2: that, that kind of that, that is a perfect segue into my little my little my secret my secret scheme that I'm hoping for, uh, which is I don't want I don't want Blake to have a good game. I don't think he's going to have a good game. Um, you know, he he played football at a high school about two miles from my house, um, and then he and then he went to uh, UCF where uh, I went to school, uh, and then uh, and now he plays for Jacksonville. So you're right, his whole career has been in in the in the warm weather. Um, so if he goes up to the Pittsburgh and he and he struggles a little bit, um, and and you know it's the last game he plays in the playoffs, and then and then the Jaguars, you know they're they're kind of dumb, um, and and they cut him. He could wind up in Pittsburgh. He's a free agent. (laughs) Well, he may wind up in Pittsburgh. (laughs) I don't know about that. The Steelers And I'm going to tell you. I
1: thought
0: they extended his contract.
1: Did they give him the fifth year?
2: That's what I heard. At the way he beat, specifically, look at the way he beat Louisville in in his uh, senior year at UCF. I, I mean, if that's not young Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know what is. The thing about Blake is, he does some bonehead things. Ben used to do bonehead things when he was a young guy too, um, and and he and he did them last week. Okay, he didn't pay for them, but he threw some balls that very easily and really by rights should have been intercepted. Um, you know, as he was going down, I mean, he was just doing. He did some. You know, and Brett Favre did a lot of dumb. I mean, as far as dumb things done by a star quarterback, Brett Favre probably tops all of them. Um, a lot of bonehead, a lot of bonehead decisions there. Um, so I think I think Blake's kind of asking for it, and he's probably going to get it. It's going to look bad in the playoff game, so uh, it'll be a low, low point for him. But it'll be the best thing because it'll be the it'll be the end of the dark tunnel that he's been in Jacksonville, and he'll end up on the Steelers, a good team. Ben retires. He he plays under Ben for a year or two takes over a Super Bowl-quality team, he's got good coaches, learns to make good decisions, he'd be, be a great replacement for Ben.
1: Uh, I mean, I think before before we compare him to Ben... Also, and that whole... And start Sunday. All he's got to do is have a bad game. Like, had a pretty bad game against... I mean, like, could can, can he have... Before we crown him as, like, oh, he should be the next Steelers quarterback, can he have more passing yards and running yards in a, in a playoff game like... You know, he's a quarterback. I mean, he's
2: not. Oh, Tony, you're all
0: stuck on stats. (laughs) He is 1-0. He is
1: is 1-0. But again, uh, the defense in that game was very good. Although Buffalo sucks, so I don't know.
0: Look, Blake can't take over for Ben until Ben wins his back-to-back Super Bowls. That's right. That's going to happen first. And here's the thing that I say about Blake is that he was on the, the Jags, whatever, a few years ago and they just cut him loose. And he did anything he wanted to do and there are no repercussions of it, you know. Basically, he, he he threw interceptions, had bonehead plays. They were like, go back out there Blake, you know, just go get him, do the best you can. And he kept taking chances, taking chances, and now he's developed bad habits of that. And I thought this year he's going to get discipline and learn from it, but he really
1: hasn't yet. But I still think he can. I mean, that that's the thing for me that worries me. Like I want to be a Blake believer because, you know, and I get it. A local guy, we're supposed to like him. But he's in a perfect scenario for a guy like Blake Bortles, right? You have a great defense. Maybe the best defense in football, second best behind Minnesota, right? You've got a young, good running back. You're not being asked to do a lot offensively, right, at all. In fact, the only thing you're being asked to do offensively is, Blake, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. That's it. Don't do, it. Don't do anything else, but just don't screw it up. I mean, he's if he was Neil O'Donnell, he would be great for them, Right? If, if, you know, if he were Mike Tomczak, he would be great for them. But he's Blake Bortles, and he screws things. You know, your point, Joe, like, he just does too many stupid things in a, in situations when he doesn't have to. And that's what worries me about it. Because, yes, you put a guy like Blake Bortles around the amount, you put any quarterback around the amount of talent we have. I mean, this is why Landry Jones, you know, is 2-0 and as a starter in his last two games. It's not because of Landry Jones. It's not because Landry Jones is a great quarterback. It's because, A, the, the Browns suck. And, B, the Steelers have enough talent that even, <laughs> even their backups can beat the Browns. But, you know, so you take Blake Bortles, you put him on the Steelers. Could he be good? Yes. But he, would he throw double-digit interceptions? Yes. And I think, you know, that's when I start going, eh. You know, quarterbacks who throw double-digit interceptions are, generally speaking, not Super Bowl caliber. Now, I know Ben threw double-digit interceptions this year, and I don't count them because five and Jacksonville were stupid um, and have not been recreated. So, uh, Mike, do you, have any, do you have any concern about the bye week? And, and not just the bye week, but... The the extended bye week, you know, Tomlin resting all the starters or the majority of the starters uh, in that uh, in, in that grounds game at the end of the year. Now we have the wild card weekends, so and now we're basically two weeks off. Of this team uh, in a game in which you want to start fast, the rust and the kind of coming out slow or or just out of rhythm could be a problem in this game.
0: Yeah, usually, uh, you know, just in general uh, across the league. I don't like when teams rest guys because they usually come out flat. I mean the Colts have proven that several times and um what well, just this past weekend it was proven, right? Yeah, Who was it that they, was it? The Chiefs? The Rams and, and the Rams? Yeah. The Rams did.
1: So uh Chiefs, Chiefs uh, are a different story, but the Rams, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um basically but Tomlin had to do it. I mean we we've pleaded going into this season and last season that we have, you know, our three killer bees healthy in the playoffs. And this is going to be the first playoff game that they entered the field altogether, right?
1: Yep. No, Assuming no, no, no. Last year, last year in Miami. Last
0: year in Miami. Oh, Miami. Okay. Last year Miami, last year in Kansas City. Right.
1: That, those, were the, those were two. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, you know, I, I understand what Tomlin did. I agree with it. Um, it actually... You know, the Cleveland game, it gave some of the younger guys more of a chance, especially Juju and Martavis. And we talked a lot about Blake Bortles here, so I'm going to change the subject real quick. Let's just talk about the best thing that's happened to the NFL since I don't know when, right? Juju, Smith, Schuster, (laughs) yeah, maybe since ever. I mean, what a breath of fresh air and a fun guy. I I love the end zone celebrations. I love that he choreographs them. He makes the other guys do it even when he doesn't score touchdowns. I think it's great to see a guy like that, and he's and he's playing at a high level, and we need him. So,
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, he has been just an unbelievable asset to have to the team at a position where, if you would have asked people before the season, what position should we upgrade, the last position they would have told you, wide receiver, right? Quarterback, yeah, I guess we can groom someone behind Ben. Running back, yeah, I guess we need a backup to Le'Veon. Wide receiver, no, we're loaded. Tight end, yeah, I mean Jesse's okay. Offensive line, we need some backups. Right, you go down the line. Wide receiver, we don't need anybody, and they, yet they find this guy Juju. He's the perfect guy for this team. I mean, it's you know, he's in the mold of a Heinz Ward. He's uh, he's hilarious. He's 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 fun. I mean, in a year where the NFL stopped being fun, right, where we forgot that we watched this thing for entertainment, that is the point of the NFL is to be entertained. So when I go through, you know, uh, what are your political beliefs on this thing, or. Or you know, we're talking about what is a catch and, and what you know, what are the rules in the NFL? I don't know what the rules in the NFL are. Uh, you know, it, it, Juju is that is that reminder of like, hey, everybody, just so you know, you watch this thing for fun. This isn't a job, right? You don't have to be watching this, uh, and you watch it to be entertained. And, and uh, he has been such a, such a breath of fresh air. Um, is my favorite Steeler, and it's you know, it's a team full of personalities, and he is uh, he is awesome. All right, you guys want to do score predictions, or do you have anything else you want to talk about before we do score predictions? Do it. Let's do some score predictions. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll go first. I, I have an easy score prediction. I think the score is going to be thirty to nine, but I think it's going to go the other way. I think the Steelers win this football game, uh, thirty to nine. I think. Look, it, it, it's it's like I said to open this podcast. Right, there are too many ways for the Steelers to win this football game. For them to end up losing it, right? If you want to draw what is the way Jacksonville wins this game, it's what happened in week five. So in order for you to believe that Jacksonville is going to win this game, you have to believe that the same thing is going to happen twice. Or something alike, the same thing is going to happen twice. In which Blake Bortles is asked to do nothing, right? Uh, their their offense is basically asked to do nothing, and defensively they win this game for them. And if this offense, which has been playing so well, goes back to what they were doing Early in the year and and has a performance like they did in week five, then fine, they deserve to lose this game. Uh, I just don't believe that's going to be the case. Instead, I believe that you know with the addition of, of Juju as a featured player in the offense, Martavis with an actual role now. We're not trying to you know get him out in space. What happened to Martavis with his short area of quickness? By the way, just completely gone. Martavis Bryant when he's not running straight north and south, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, you know, with Vance McDonald becoming a, a better part of this offense, and then Ben Roethlisberger looks like Ben Roethlisberger again. In fact. He looks like the best Ben Roethlisberger. Defensively, again, just defend the run. You're not going to be asked to do much in this game. Um, I think the the Jaguars kick some field goals and the Steelers score a bunch of touchdowns. This one is over quick. So 30-9 Steelers is my prediction. Mike, how about you?
0: Okay, that was very interesting. 39, same score. Um, I I see the Steelers offense uh, basically outplaying the Jaguars defense. Ultimately, and um, and I don't see I don't see the Jags offense uh, getting too much going. I see the Steelers winning 31-17. so they'll get some points, but I think that we'll win it pretty easily. And um, I'd like to see Martavis catch you know a long pass that he that we haven't seen in a couple of years that we saw plenty a couple of years ago, and so I'd like to see it in this game so that it can be carried into the next game and into the Super Bowl. So what did you just – you said something about Martavis. What did you say?
1: Short area quickness
0: is gone. Oh, short area quickness. I see. But, you know, I noticed that a lot of times he catches short passes, even these screen passes, and then he gets tied up, three and four guys, you know, tackling him. He never goes down. They just end up blowing the whistle.
1: I think he gets tied up by his own feet, though, right? Before he gets tied up, he's like – uh, I don't know what to do with my feet. or so. It's like it's it's very strange. He used to be very good. Wide receiver screens and those kind of short, quick slants that he used to run were very effective.
0: Now... I mean, I do remember the play that, like, I think it was Landry Jones that hit him maybe the end of the season where he caught a pass and just went, like,
1: was, 70 yards. Get him on more of those routes. Those are the routes where he's good. When he's trying to make people miss horizontally... Yeah. Not Martavis's, Which is okay, because we don't need Martavis to do that. We have Juju, we have... Ab Oh, we haven't talked about A.B. coming back from injury. I mean, A.B.'s been gone since the Patriots game. He hasn't played. Coming back, uh, I don't know what you guys, I expect I expect vintage A.B., especially going up against Jalen Ramsey, who is a guy who loves to chirp. You know, A.B. was shut down in that last matchup because Ben threw five interceptions. Uh, I expect A.B. I
0: agree. Yeah, I think A.B. has a big game.
1: Bill, how about
2: you, score prediction? So, you know, as much as I'd like to think that um, the Steelers are going to come out, and it's going to be this revenge game, and, you know, it's going to be – I mean, I, and I actually thought of the 30-9 to 9 when you were saying it. Um, it's very tempting to pick a big win for the Steelers, but that hasn't been – that really hasn't been their mark this year. They haven't had – big margin wins, right? I mean, if they have, they've been very few.
1: Two, right? They had two. There were Tennessee and Houston.
2: Yeah. So, um, all, uh, you know, inexplicably, right, there were these last-minute wins against everybody. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was against uh, the, the the Bengals, right, and the Lions.
1: Oh, um, Joe, you were right when you said everybody. The, the literally every game this year came down to the last, like, a
2: last second field goal. Um, e- even even the Patriots, we ended up beating them in the last play of the game, and then you know, and then uh, the NFL said, "Oh, uh, Tuck rule." I mean, the uh, catch rule, or uh, just make one up. Which uh, take your pick. Um, and now they don't leave that up to the refs on the field. They got to call New York to get that bullshit out there um, for you.
1: They're not sure if the ref oh. got the memo about the Patriots is supposed to win, so they just <laughs> well, so save paper. It, don't even bother printing memos. Just send it back up. That's what we got. But, uh, we'll take care of all of it. Uh,
2: so that's what they do. So, uh, no, I'm going to predict um, that the Steelers are going to aggravate the shit out of me again. Um, and <laughs> this is going to be a twenty to fourteen game. Then <sighs> the last play of the game, or the last drive of the game, the Steelers will have to score a touchdown, and they will, and they'll win it twenty-one to twenty with, you know, less than 10 seconds oh left on the my God.
1: My heart. <laughs> yeah, is, wow. You know, the great thing about being a Steelers fan Listen, this year is you haven't had to get the heart a heart doctor predi- all year. That's not even a prediction
2: for this team. That's like a ho-hum. Yeah, been there, done that, seen that, you know, 12 times this year. So how's that even a prediction? But it hasn't really, I mean,
1: yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Come on, how many field goals as time goes go, runs out? I mean, we have, it, it, like... Like every game this year has been, you know, a last second, like we need to win. Week one, week one, we won 21 18. Right? It wasn't a last second field goal. We got a first down at the end of that game to win. But Bears game went to overtime. The Chiefs game was so close at the end. Right? And then you actually have like your last minute wins, which is Lions, Colts, Packers, Bengals, Ravens.
0: That's a fair point. What would our record be if Boz was like a 50% field goal kicker?
1: Uh like ten and six. Eleven and five. You know what's funny is we it's still would have been the two seed. Still would've been the two seed.
0: We probably would have been nine and seven.
1: Nine and seven? We would he would have missed all of them? You
0: no, know, I said if he was like fifty percent. I mean you know, yeah, so a have, couple of those have, kicks were winning at the end.
1: Yeah, so we had one, two wait, the, okay, just if his field his game winning field goals one, two, three, four. Missing one? Four game-winning field goals. So we lose two more games. We would have been. Well,
0: I didn't. Uh, mean, I, didn't I, mean, mean. I meant all of his field goals. Not just. Oh, games. he
1: missed all of them. Like, like if he was, if we just had a bad kicker. Gotcha, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, we would have been like nine. And appreciate seven. the kicker. But listen, pauses is the man. Well, there's a lot of things. Like if we didn't have AB because remember remember a lot of those catches that AB made at the end of games with against oh, Green Bay, against Baltimore on those drives, uh, against against Cincinnati, right? I mean, he's been so clutch in late in games, which is why it's such a stupid argument when people say that A.B. going down against Patriots actually helped us in that game because we it forced us to run the ball more and, and play more of a, a, a style that is advantageous against the Patriots. like, uh, yeah, okay, sure, maybe that's true, except for the fact that we had two third downs at the end of the game where if we convert either one, the game is probably over. And you know who was great at converting third downs at the end of games? A.B. In fact, all we needed to do in the second half was make one big play to, to go up by two scores, that game was over. Game was absolutely over. We could. We be just
0: there. better beat the Jaguars so we have a chance to kick the shit out of the Patriots.
1: <laughs> Put them where they're <laughs> supposed to be, right? Um,
0: absolutely, man. We got to beat the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, I mean they they are they are in the way of uh, of destiny. I don't know if you guys saw Mike Mitchell's quote quoted in the Ryan Shazier article. Now, I mean, this has become a big deal. of Like, the Steelers are looking past the Jaguars? You know all of that because because I guess weeks ago, weeks ago. When he was interviewed uh, about Ryan Chazier, Mike Mitchell said, and I'm quoting here, we're going to play them again. We can play them in hell. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We're going to win. So uh, I, I, I'm with I'm with uh, Mike Mitchell on this one.
0: He said that weeks ago or this
1: week? He said that weeks ago. I mean, I would assume that was after the Patriots lost, right? Because he knows we're going to play. But, oh, yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at SteelerCountry. See you next week for the Steelers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and get back on this podcast talking about the rematch of all rematches. Steelers, Patriots, in New York. See you then.
2: That's only if the Patriots can get past Dick LeBeau. Well, you know,
0: and, uh, I thought it was going to be Steelers Titans rematch you were you know, talking about. You
2: know, Mariota. You know, Mariota's uh, a you know, games. Hey, Mariota could beat the Patriots. Fact, he can do it all. Like he doesn't need like Brady can't do it all himself, because we know because his girlfriend told us. But <laughs> but Mariota can do it all. He can throw the ball to defense and score the to touchdown. He could throw it and catch
1: it. I, I, I don't know if you guys are kidding or not, but I will say, like, you know, yes, there will be a, an upset this week because there always is an upset in round one. And my upset is Titans over Patriots. I actually think it's possible.
0: I could see it. I was going to put that as my one pointer.
1: People forget for four, three, two, 1. People forget that the Patriots defense sucks. This is always just like, oh yeah, Brady's so good. Uh, this is going to be easy for them. Uh, no, Barry can't do shit. Uh, the Patriots' defense sucks. Every time you watch them, you go, "Man, their defense really sucks." Someone's gonna like put it on them if they suck. Uh, and it, I'm not, I'm not saying it's definitely gonna be Mariota in this this team, but like Derrick Henry, Mariota, running quarterback, you know, and then a LeBeau defense, I think it's possible. Every time I turned on the
0: game against the Jets, where I was hoping the Jets would win that last game of the season, Brady looked like crap. Looked like
1: shit.
0: And then yeah, I turn it off and I and I look away, and then they scored a touchdown. So I missed when he looked good. But no, no, I don't know, man. He he has, He looked he
1: he looked old. He looks forty. He looks like a forty year old who's who's sixteen games into a season, going. Oh boy, I don't know how many more of these I could do.